In the 21st century, the world searches for answers to the questions that really affect our lives. Does anyone know an anagram for gonad dream? To debate the topics that really matter. Star Trek is in a good place right now. Yeah, I can't agree with you on that one. And be brave enough to state the truth. Movies just don't end that way. Three men dare to face what others fear. James. Oh yeah, I, di- I didn't need that image. Jesse. Uh, I was thinking God or dog. Joe Ash. I want Stan Lee to be the one to wield the Infinity Gauntlet and destroy Thanos. If you hunger for knowledge, if you thirst for wisdom, if you're looking for a podcast that will make all your wildest dreams come true, you've come to the wrong place. You're listening to the Anti-Matter Hour. We are now recording. I oh. love scotch. I love scotch. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. How, how nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> who, who doesn't? Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Happy first day of spring, everybody. <gasps> Happy second day of being 40. Yes, happy birthday, Jesse. Oh, yeah, I Offici- guess so. Officially the oldest of us all by a few months. That's that's a that's an interesting title to have, the oldest of us all. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm uh, uh maybe I should become uh maybe I should angle for a new new nickname. Uh maybe I should be the ancient one. The, the ancient one. Like from the um what do you call it? Doctor Strange, the ancient one. Isn't that the name of the um, the previous oh, holder yes, of the yes. time stone, the the supreme, uh, the supreme. sorcerer supreme, sorcerer supreme. Yeah, she was. She had several titles, I believe, though. Yes. Anyway, but yeah, the ancient one was definitely one of them. <laughs> so, what do we want to talk about? Hey, our win streak is started again. Yeah, we restarted the second place tonight. Yeah. So we actually are in the money again. Yeah, uh, so to speak. Last week was just a blip. It was a uh, tumultuous, uh, I don't know, maybe tumultuous isn't exactly the right word, but there was a lot of movement amongst the uh, standings in tonight's trivia as the game progressed. Yeah, especially in the last two rounds. Well, that's, ho- that's always the case for us. We always sort of regroup for the last two rounds and do better than average on the general trivia round most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gen- general trivia is actually probably uh, one of our strengths. I mean, wh- one of our strengths is uh, sort of being able to um, kind of suss out uh, when there's a, a theme round and it sort of provides like a clue as to like... Um, we're sort of picking up on which way this round is going and which way the clues are going. But the uh, general trivia is probably our biggest strength. Basically, if, if, it's the, if it's a question that revolves around the sort of knowledge you would get from going down the black hole of Wikipedia, we'll probably be able <laughs> to get it right. If it has anything to do with anything specific that you need, you know, then probably not. <laughs> s- somewhat weak on, like, 
books and authors and maybe a little bit weak on uh, Broadway or or sort of, I don't know what you would say, like less uh, high, higher culture uh, kind of arts? Hoity-toity. Yeah. Would you consider the 1960 movie The Loves of Hercules to be higher culture? That's, a f- that's the finest of arts. Well, the, the, the problem with The Loves of Hercules is... I wasn't even aware that it was culture. I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was just being re- referring to those that Hercules loved, uh, like according to legend. So specifically, the the question was, uh, what or let's see, the uh, the safety bar in a in semi trucks, also the sex symbol from the loves of Hercules. Was uh, I can't remember exactly how the question was worded, but it was something around those, something like that. Right. And and so it took us a while to to get to the place where we were like, oh, Loves of Hercules must be the name of a movie because they're talking about the sex symbol from it. Right. But none right. of us having ever even known that there was a movie called The Loves of Hercules, we weren't able to come up with the... Oh, and it is. It turns out it yeah. is the bumper, uh, which I was uh, at one point. I wanted to say the bumper <laughs> was the answer. <laughs> Apparently, known as the oh. Mansfield Bar. Okay, it's that. Now I know what that's called. Yeah, I've pers- personally witnessed some cars in uh, traffic bump into that bar apparently, because they were on their phones. Apparently, it's to prevent uh, traffic fatalities uh, of some sort. Yeah, so f- for uh, for those of you that are not watching the video of this podcast, being that there is no video of this podcast, the Mansfield Bar. If you ever if you ever look at the back of a semi truck, um, there's a bar that is just off of the pavement itself, and that bar is basically to keep cars from going up underneath the semi truck and. Ending up having fatalities, which is apparently what happened to Jane Mansfield. Uh, that's how she died, and that was a trivia question tonight that we we did not know, but we do now. And by the way, it's Jane's Mansfield. Jane's Mansfield. Jane's Mansfield. Oh, interesting! Didn't know that. The actress Jane Mansfield, J A Y N E. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you referring to this? Yes. Well, only one of those is correct, <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't care which at this point. B- briefly digging into Jane's Banf- Mansfield, <laughs> uh, it turns out uh, uh, she was the first sort of uh, leading lady, uh, so to speak, like uh, famous, like very famous actress was she to bef- appear nude in, in a scene. Was she oh to appear nude? Okay. I was just I thought you were gonna say kind of like the first sex symbol. I was wondering if she was before um for crying out loud. The other kind of famous blonde Mar- bombshell. Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. Uh, yeah. The other question. kind of famous blonde bombshell? N- uh, well, no not kind of famous, but um very famous. Yes. Jane Mansfield. Uh, it is Jane Mansfield. I was wrong. But yeah, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that the uh, the 
lead female in um, in Law and Order SVU is the daughter of Jane Mansfield. Oh, you could be right about that. I, th- I think I remember that correctly. Anything is possible. Jamie is looking is is looking it up. Yep, Mariska Haggerty, or Hargitay. Her mother is Jane Mansfield. Yeah, indeed. So that was one thing. Were there any other things that you guys remember from trivia tonight? That uh, there was a round, um, ostensibly about the f- the um, tooth fairy. <laughs> it was either that or what was it? It was like teeth or the middle. <sighs> Sometimes they they pair two really weird, yeah, unrelated, unrelated subjects in one round, and it's an answer that relates to either one of those. It was like tooth teeth and something else. I can't remember. Well, there was one about um, was it swallows the the, the bird. And uh, the way the, 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 the title of the round was phrased, I thought the, it was either going to be the birds or it was going to be like Iraq or Iran. But no, it turned out to be, I don't know. Yeah, uh, even if we knew what the title was, it has no, only a tenuous connection to the uh, subject of each question. So, But yeah, there were a lot of questions about teeth, at least... Uh, the one that stands out to me is apparently none of us know what the disease that gingivitis leads to. Oh, is we we do now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What what was that again? Wasn't it uh, periodontitis? Yes, that sounds right. That is correct. <laughs> you are correct, sir. I was uh, actually uh, I couldn't get that word out of my head as we were uh, driving <laughs> home from uh, to uh, hear from the uh, trivia. Anyway, uh, pretty good night of trivia. It was uh, actually a pretty lousy night of the low road, but <laughs> such is life. Well, the service wasn't particularly great tonight, but it's still a nice location for apparently, for uh, yeah. Pa- apparently new waitress, maybe? Oh, no, who knows? Or somebody just kind of hanging out, delivering I, beers to the table for a little while. <laughs> I will say their blat was fantastic. It looked really good. Bacon, lettuce, avocado, tomato. Mm. Sandwich was... It looked good. Yeah, it looked great. It was really good. Well, there you go. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. Yeah. So, uh, what else is new with you fellas? Well, uh, you and I, Jesse, we had a a good uh, St. Patrick's Day on Sunday. We did. Yes, we did. Oh, I thought you were asking. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, we, I'm, we we I'm, did. I'm conf- you do remember, right? <laughs> I'm, conf- I'm confirming. Uh, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people, though, probably answer questions about St. Patrick's Day that way. We did. <laughs> we did. Yeah. <laughs> one particular, actually, it's a uh, one particular uh, friend of mine. Uh, when we were celebrating a St. Patrick's Day many many years ago at the Kells celebration, which is a huge essentially like street party, but they set up a giant tent in a giant parking lot and charge, I don't know, like $30 to get a wristband to come in. And uh, then once you're inside, 
the beer and the whiskey and the music and everything is flowing pretty freely. And uh, one particular friend of mine, one year we were there, uh, turns out he got a little bit sleepy and uh, ended up uh, in the back of the police van <laughs> and hauled 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 away uh, to uh, sleep it off. I guess you would say. Oh, okay. Would you say that the beer was flowing like wine? Uh, I suppose uh, <laughs> it was flowing more like beer. Did you, did you ever see Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> Would you flock there like the salmon of Capistrano? <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. It's that way. Right. Yes, it is. It's that way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess uh, we um, we agreed to uh, meet up and have a few beers down at uh, Edgefield for their uh, St. Patrick's Day. I wouldn't necessarily call it an event, but it's uh, a little bit more than just a standard trip to Edgefield. We've mentioned Edgefield probably once or twice by now. We should probably mention that it's a uh, McMinniman's location here in Oregon, of which there are several in the Northwest, Edgefield being the closest in, in my personal favorite. Which, yeah. is, which is convenient. It's probably also their largest and most well-known uh, location. It's a large, um, uh, I don't know what you'd say, like a large Great Depression era um, kind of farmhouse uh, and farm property. It used to be a poor farm, I believe is the term. Yeah. Yeah, and, it's uh, really beautiful. Converted into a, a hotel, spa, and uh, multiple bar on property locations. They have a theater there? Theater. Yep, a uh, single screen theater. A, a working farm, a distillery, a brewery, a winery. Now, do all McMinimans have breweries, or is it just that one? No, not there's only a, a handful. Uh, not Ed, Edgefield all. has you know, basically one of each. The Cornelius, is it Cornelius Road? Cornelius Pass. Cornelius yeah. Pass. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. That's uh, has a distillery. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of their brewer, A lot of their locations do have smaller breweries on site, but uh, but they also do just operate several uh, smaller, you know, regular restaurants and uh, non-brewery. Speaking of distillery and, bre- and brewery, should we go around and say what we're drinking? Yep. What you got there, Jesse? Um, this is uh, since we're. Uh, only a couple days removed from uh, St. Patrick's Day, and uh, I didn't bring a beer with me. Uh, James was kind enough to, uh, and hospitable enough to offer me some uh, Jameson Irish whiskey. Good old classic Irish and, whiskey. Uh, yeah. Uh, Got it on the rocks there. Yeah, I'm not much of a, I mean, I'll, I'll sip a whiskey uh, neat on occasion, but I do prefer it to uh, sort of water down just a, just a smidgen. Yeah, that's good. By that same uh, proximity to St. Patrick's Day token, I'm drinking uh, Guinness. It's their draught, their draught, right? Their what now? It's the it's the draught, the Guinness draught. The draft. I don't know or the draft. Yep, I don't okay. know how how it's it's if it's draught, drought, or draft. It's draft. <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, I'm still on my Lent, so. LaCroix again, although the next time that we do a podcast, 
I will have watch out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've got a lot to make up for. Well, the next time we do a podcast, I've got something that you'll be interested in trying. We'll do a a, a whiskey. Um, I was going to say taste test, but uh, a comparison. Oh, because uh, while Jesse and I were up at Edgefield over the weekend, I picked up some of their limited edition Devil's Bit whiskey. Oh yeah, the rye and the wheat and the wheat. It's so limited, it's only available on St. Patrick's Day. They sell it in 200-milliliter bottles. I got one of each, and I can crack those open, and we can compare them. Ooh. Sip. That'll be nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not a lot just to a, go just around. Just a little bit. <laughs> a little and, bit. And it, but and we'll it, be happy for it. As it turns out, they're uh, very proud of that whiskey. That's the Well, then it uh, better be good. That's all I got to say. A, a, reference <laughs> to, a reference to the price tag. <laughs> It wasn't the cheapest whiskey I've ever purchased. Yeah, well, I mean, you, that's going to happen, though, with craft distilleries like that. Because uh, if they sell it at that amount, and, and it's what? It's, an, it's a nine-year-aged whiskey, Seven. isn't it? It's seven? Seven-year-aged. So when you're getting into the seven years, you're going to have... You're going to be paying a lot more for the angel share. Yeah. Which you means to... you got to... You, you either... Water it down, which they didn't, because one's fifty. Uh, one's fifty percent proof. The other is forty six percent. Yeah. Well, you mean fifty percent ABV, hundred yeah, right. proof, yeah, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. But both of those are, are fairly respectable. Usually, you would. I mean, they would either be just watering it down to straight forty yeah. percent, or you're going to be looking at a higher price. So you mm. tend to pay that with with craft distilleries. I'll tell you this. We had the opportunity to try a, a, a shot of that, uh, of the whiskey there, for $10 a piece. Or I could have just bought those for... What, you tw- paid for them? <laughs> about twice as much, so I figured... Oh, really? Yeah. That's all? Well, it was $10 a, l- a, a shot. Over. It was $10 a shot, uh, and then each of those bottles was $23. They are uh, a small... For, for a 200-milliliter, for uh, yeah, that, that's a, a pretty... That's a pretty good amount. Also, the fact that it was only available that one day, you know, the scarcity thing, that, that, that always gets me. Yeah. You know, oh, it's, it's limited edition. It's only available for the next <laughs> couple hours. I must have it now. <laughs> I mean, so, it's, it's one of those reasons why I don't, uh, uh, you know, shop on the, uh, those home shopping channels where they... Oh, yeah. You know, you know by they've now... Got the, they've got the ticker going and everything, or the, the, the timer. Yeah. Well, it's sad because um, while you guys were... Uh, celebrating St. Patrick's Day uh, at McMinimins. Well, I, it's not sad what I was doing. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I should uh, preface that. Oh, uh, clearly. we under, we understand. Uh, it was. It was. <laughs> you, you didn't want to be there. Uh, yeah. Um, the. Uh, you can just leave it at that. <laughs> I was at the beach with my family every year around this around that time around the twelfth. We celebrate my wife's birthday by going to the beach. We went to Seaside, and there was a craft distillery in Seaside that does um, that does one-offs. That's all they do. So they'll have a couple of barrels of something, and when it's sold out, it's sold out, and they constantly are doing all sorts of different things, and I was really wanting to go try it, but, but I am... Uh, well, next year, uh, when you give up something else for Lent, uh, you can give it a shot. Yeah. 
I think next year I'm just going to give up my my eyesight. <laughs> I'm just going to go blind <laughs> for, for a month. Is it possible huh, to? Okay. Uh, is, is that is that something that's possible to do? Um, I mean, you know, I could just wear a blindfold. Okay. I foresee. I'll just I'll just spend a month in a sensory deprivation tank. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just give up everything for Lent? Yeah. Just spend the entire. How long does Lent go for? Is it well? Lent is tip is traditionally seven days. But but you're doing more than seven. I'm days. doing a month. You're oh. doing a full In, full month. Okay. I In, mean, I could I could go into it. Let's just say that it is it was kind of an analogous thing with the forty days in the yeah, desert. Yeah, I was gonna say when I was sort uh, of a thing when I observed Lent, I thought we observed the full forty days, but it's been a while. It depends on how much of a practicing. Uh, person you are. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No so. comment by me. <laughs> no, not, not, it was, like I said, it was a while ago. Yeah. So. But, yeah. So, anyway, um, that I, I understand what you're saying. So, uh, you were at the beach Sunday. I was at the beach Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay. Well, I was mainly connecting... Yeah, uh, to Sunday. but Sunday I was on the beach, we, yes. Because that was when we were at Edgefield, and it was uh, it was actually a pretty nice day for this time of year in March. Oh, it was a great, it was a really nice day. A bit, bit windy, we but a, otherwise really nice. We did have a bit of wind, uh, but it didn't prevent, uh, well, it didn't prevent me from uh, having uh, at least two... Irish dry Irish stouts that were brewed specially uh, at Edgefield, and one uh, shed cocktail at my favorite uh, place uh, in Edgefield, which is the Little Red Shed. Oh, so it's a it's a cocktail that they do specifically. Yes, and it's called the Shed Cocktail. Do you know what what it is? I do, um, uh, because I took a picture of the uh, menu uh, and. Um, I've had the shed cocktail a number of times before, but um, on this particular occasion, uh, oh, you know what? Did I not order the shed cocktail? Uh, no, I did. Yeah, that's right. The bartender there made a comment about, uh, uh, it makes me feel pretty smart, actually, because I've had it on several occasions, and the bartender mentioned that it's one of the uh, best values that you can get uh, on property. Because it c- contains a double shot of old Everholt uh, rye whiskey, uh, it's a uh, it's their take on an old fashioned, which is two shots of old Everholt rye whiskey. Uh, I don't know how you say this, but Angostura bitters. That's Sh- that's probably close <laughs> enough. <laughs> sugar and an orange uh, and a twist of orange peel, and uh, huh. oh, and they put in a little. I forget the name of the uh, sort of cherry it is, but it's basically a maraschino cherry. Yeah. But it comes out of, uh, it. at McMinimins, they have this little, it looks like a little ceramic jar, um, like a white jar with red. Seems like, like Persian or Chinese characters on it. And they twist the little lid off the jar and, and fish out with like a little tiny, the bartender's spoon. Yeah, and, the mixing, uh, the yeah. spoon. But um, this cherry is something they have in common at, at all the McMenamin's locations at their bars, this little cherry uh, that's in this weird ceramic jar. And then I found out um, later on uh, in the week when we were up at a different McMenamin's location on my birthday 
they sell these cherries in their gift shop. Oh. So I'm going to pick some up because I really like them. Is it is is it just not I mean cuz I know for, for the most part maraschino has like it's a very very sweet cherry. Is it the same is it um, the same flavor profile uh, or I think so. It might it might even be like almost like a cherry that's like double flavored somehow like it's maybe imbued or infused once and then transferred to another. Because, oh, interesting. Because it has like a slightly, like a lot of maraschino cherries are very soft and gelatinous almost. Yeah, yeah. And this one is sort of more, like it's almost shriveled and shrunken. Oh, okay. Um, it, and I don't, I don't think it's chocolate, but it, I want to say it almost has like, when you bite into it, it almost has like a savory, almost like like chocolatey sort of a oh, texture to it, sort of. Yeah, maraschinos are definitely more of a candied, but it but it does cherry. have the red like the red like syrupy sort of out, uh, outer kind of what you would what you would normally call like a brine or something yeah. like that. So it is curious. I want to find out more about those. Maybe I'll find out more about those and we'll talk about it on the. Well, if you future. get some of those cherries, then we could whip up a shed cocktail. Yeah, not I mean I don't know if I have some rye whiskey. Yeah, I don't have old Everholt rye whiskey. Well, we've got the two types of uh, official McMinimins whiskey. That's true. One of them being a rye. Oh, yeah, the next. Uh, oh, so is uh, there is a, uh, James is looking up some of the McMinimins spirits. Uh, there there was a, I, there was two events upcoming uh, at McMinimins that actually int- caught my interest when we were there. Um, one was the uh, birthday of the Ruby uh, beer, which I think he was just on their main page. Uh, Ruby is turning 33, I believe. And Ruby is their signature. It's a uh, grapefruit-like flavored, isn't it? I think it's a grapefruit-flavored like wheat beer or something like that, or, or, or pale ale. It's grapefruit something. That's where the Ruby comes from. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent. That it's, sounds it's, really nice. It's, it's kind of a, um, it's a big McMinimum success. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that it's like uh, something that's gained notoriety outside of the McMinimum's sort of sphere of influ- influence. Oh, Thursday, March twenty first, twenty thirst. In my mind. The other um, interesting event uh, coming up is um, a history pub. And uh, I'm going to probably be attending that because uh, I have a McMinniman's passport and a history pub is one of the uh, experiences you have to do to complete your passport. What do you get when you complete it? So McMinniman's is a, we've sort of talked about it a a bit here, but McMinniman's is a company that, is, has a bit of a cult following in the Pacific Northwest. They have lots of uh, various locations of pubs, restaurants, hotels, uh, movie theaters, performance venues, and um, locations that sort of blend and combine all of those uh, things. And to encourage people to visit their locations region-wide, all the way from southern Oregon to the northern Puget Sound from the Oregon coast to eastern Oregon, they developed a 
type of uh, loyalty program that I feel like is pretty unique uh, to, to McMinimins. I don't know of any other companies that have something like the Passport. And what it is is you purchase a Passport. It looks pretty much exactly like a uh, Passport you use to travel the world. And uh, they wish they would then stamp at your ports of entry. Um, and uh, you get a stamp for visiting each location. And then at the more comprehensive locations, you obtain multiple stamps. Uh, for example, at Edgefield, you get a stamp for the distillery. You get a stamp for the, the spa. You get a stamp for the winery, the brewery, the hotel, um, and so on and so forth. They also offer experience stamps, such as attend a history pub or buy a beer flight or fill a growler or play 18 holes of golf uh, or bring your dog to the pub, you know, so, sort of things like that. Once you've, once you've completed various stages of the passport, uh, you can get prizes. Sometimes they're free food. Sometimes they're a souvenir like a T-shirt or a bottle opener or a uh, pint glass. Uh, sometimes they're monetary, like a $20 gift card. And once you've completed your entire passport, which requires, oh, around 160 stamps currently, then you uh, can have two free hotel nights in any McMinimins hotel, free concert tickets, uh, free happy hour prices for a year. Uh, well, free happy hour. You just get happy hour prices for a year. So it's a pretty big accomplishment. They also have something called a tripster party, which is after you complete your passport, they uh, have quarterly parties where uh, all the recently completed tripsters can attend the party and have uh, uh, free food and beverages at the party. Yeah, So it's, it's actually a pretty fun thing, and I'm about cl getting close to 40% of the way completed. You've got to get some of the ones in California? Uh, no, no locations in California. The furthest south is Roseburg, and uh, we just got that this uh, last summer. Then what about Eastern Oregon? Uh, I've completed Bend. That's the Eastern Oregon contingent. It's the St. Francis School in Bend. So uh. most of them are local that you just need to get? Uh, we still ha I still have the um, Gearheart and uh, Newport. And that's the fur the only ones on the coast. And I also still need to get Anderson School, which is in Bothell, Washington, and the Seattle area, um, uh, which is like, I think, five Seattle area locations. So it's the northern ones you need then. When you go to Newport, go to Nana's Irish Pub. Oh, okay. That place is absolutely glorious. It is wonderful. Sounds uh, wonderful. They have real good fish and chips. You get yourself a uh, a Guinness, lukewarm on draft. I like my it's Guinness. Supposed to be. I'm not sure if I like my Guinness lukewarm. It's <clears throat> it's. I don't know if lukewarm is the right way to put it, but it's it's the right temperature. Tempid. We'll put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Okay. So it looks like uh, you've uh, recalled the uh, history pub, uh, the details of the upcoming history pub. Yes, this one's all about 
the Steiner cabins, which are, well, I'm no expert since I haven't attended the History Pub before, but they're a series of cabins built back through the uh, 1920s through 40s up on Mount Hood, uh, log cabins. By a particular architect or builder? or uh, Henry Steiner and family. Uh, there's over 100 of them. Oh, actually, no, most of them are on Mount Hood, but they're actually throughout Oregon. Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen a few uh, examples. Uh, I don't really know what characterizes it or if it uh, makes it particularly special. I think a lot of them were simply stacked stone foundations. Looks like the, uh, the History Pub includes talks from uh, Lloyd Musser, Musser? Uh, who is the curator of the Mount Hood Cultural Center, and Stephen, um, I want to say Graper, uh, who actually owns one. Hmm. So. I, d I do know that it's considered a, I, w I don't know if the honor, an honor is the right way. It's, they're considered uh, somewhat prestigious to uh, to have one, and it's, uh, um, if one is to let their Steiner cabin fall into any state of disrepair, it's uh, frowned upon. Well, you can't own an, an historical mm, landmark or historical just structure and just ignore it. You've got to maintain it. That's the uh, that's the burden you bear. So, uh, yeah, I'm planning on um, trying to attend that on Tuesday and uh, getting a new stamp. There you go. We need to complete some more stamps on our passports, but they're for something different. Yeah, I haven't been really following through on that, but the, the passport that I've got is for uh, Portland-based escape room companies. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We've done, what, four? Five? Completed four or five on the passport? Well, the stamps, are, are, they, are they by room or are they by company? Both. Okay. Uh, Each room that you do with the company, there's like, if I remember correctly, there's some. there's maybe four... Stamps that you can get. Well, the when the passport was made, the rooms available at each company were uh, there was a space for one each one on the passport. Yeah. Though the problem with that is that those rooms have changed. Rooms change over time. Uh, that's a problem. Um, I mean, I've done about half the rooms in Portland, but thankfully, some of the companies have recently you know come out with some new ones or yeah replaced old ones with new ones. Um. So there's still some left to do. Yep. Uh, yeah, we should, we should, all three of us should do one at one, one of these days. Sure. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, Labyrinth has got a couple new ones. Hour to Midnight. I don't know if they've completed it yet, but I'm really excited for their Egyptian themed. Well, Hour to Midnight, escape room. which is, um, uh, one of, one of, I think, I think you'd agree, Josh, one of our favorite escape room companies in the Portland area. Yeah. One of the best. Uh, we did two of their rooms. Um, and they're, they're building the Egyptian room, but they actually have a third room open now, which is uh, they started it up around Halloween, and I guess they decided to keep it open. Yeah. It's a horror-themed room. <gasps> Apparently, most of it takes p place in complete darkness. darkness. Yeah. Oh. Ha have you done it, Jesse? No, it was described to me when we were there oh, uh, okay. recently, uh, and it sounded both thrilling and utterly... Terrifying. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you would... Uh, not terrifying, just uh, almost uh, 
frustrate, mind-bogglingly frustrating. Like, I mean, I don't. Is know that how, how it was described, or just your impression? <laughs> my my impression, okay. because the description was is that it's you're in utter darkness and locked up to like a wall or whatever. And I have no idea how you begin to do an escape room in utter darkness. Well, I wonder though if that's just the beginning. Now and they if said one of your you first things is to do is to turn the lights on. Not how they described it, but well, you can't trust descriptions. They're they're not meant to be thorough. True. Uh, but uh, I can say that I have not yet done a, a horror-themed escape room. No, you have. Which one? The serial killer one that we did. You, me, and... Um, oh, it was called Kidnapped. Yeah, uh, I think he means like <coughs> it's, it is a room that's designed to invoke fear. Uh, yeah, that room had, a, had a, a theme where, yeah, we started off handcuffed to a wall, and we, uh, at some point... Well, actually, no, I, can't, I don't want to talk about it. But... Uh, Look... I gave my life f- for that room. Then why were you there when we got out? <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, it, it, the, the theme was, yeah, I guess on the scary side, but it, it wasn't designed to scare. There wasn't... True. I, I didn't feel, like, terrified at any point. Yeah. I know that there are rooms, and I think this, this, this uh, one at Hour to Midnight counts as a room designed to cause fear in the participants. I'm interested in doing that room. Only because Hour to Midnight, the other two rooms that we've done, the production quality, and I think the quality of the puzzles. Yeah, I believe the uh, I believe the owners of the company have some sort of stage background, so they're uh, s- some sort of entertainment background. So they're 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 really good at making the, really high production quality. I think I think they had a theater background, and if I'm not mistaken, they also did um, Haunted House. Ah, yeah, haunted sure. houses. Yeah. So this sense. is the uh, you know this is the kind of a natural two, so. kind of a natural manifestation, natural evolution of, of what know, they've been doing. Anyway, I'd, I'd be interested. Uh, it's always a good idea to do uh, a new room, especially one that was supposed to be temporary but is still around, which might be <laughs> that scarcity thing again, which might be removed at some point in the future. So you got to do it while it's still it's that there. That scarcity thing again gets you every time. Well, as an as an escape room enthusiast, uh, the the main issue with this, with liking escape rooms is that your hometown has a limited quantity available. Yes. So you so when so when a new one comes about that may not be there for a while, you got to take advantage of it. And once you've done all the ones in your vicinity, then if you want to do new rooms, you basically have to you know travel to new places to do them, and that's. I mean, who it, wants to do it, that? escape rooms are already kind of. I mean, it's not the cheapest hobby. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. And then adding the travel on top of that, um, certainly something that I'd want to do, but it just makes the expense all the higher as yeah. a result. So. Speaking of trying out new places, we um, also tried a new uh, movie theater in Portland on Sunday. Now, so when you say new movie theater, was this new to you guys or an actual like just opened movie theater? Sort of both. It's uh, recently opened and uh, first time we've been there. It's called Studio One Theaters or Studio One Theater. It's over on uh, in Southeast Portland. Uh, it looked like they had what about four? Do you think they had like four theaters, uh, Jane? Four screens? No, I think they actually might have had more like six. Oh, six screen. Okay, it could have been six. It's a um, living room style theater. Um, kind of located sort of at the back or behind a strip mall. Um, sort of an unlikely, unusual kind of place to find a movie theater. But um, I actually really like the uh, 
the theater environment. When you uh, when we walked in, it didn't feel like you're walking into like the foyer of like some mega movie theater. It actually felt a little bit a little bit small and sort of un movie theater at all. Like it was so it had an intimate ambiance. Yeah, there was like a. It felt like you're walking into a little like just a kind of a mod pop like done up nice bar like because uh, you walk in and, and you're in a bar area and uh, there apparently is sort of a hostess over in the corner but there's also like a restaurant and some tables uh, and it's pr- it, it had a real nice uh, sort of classy kind of look to it uh, the host when we walked in the host or hostess or you know actually just got up and kind of came across the room and approached us and asked if, if we were here if we had uh, purchased tickets in advance, and which James had, and then she basically just escorted us straight to the movie theater. Nice. Yeah, it's it's a place that the interior seems a little bit classier and fancier than you would expect from the outside surroundings, um, and the seating charts are a little bit hard to figure out. Uh, there's no, there's, there's only a handful of seats of each type, but there's multiple types of seating in each theater. And you got to make sure um, that you don't get seats that are meant for couples, unless you're a couple going there. Well, in in fairness, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. The the seats were basically like a double wide day bed, like uh, sort of like a just a couch with like feet seating. Uh, I mean, we could have, you and I easily could have sat on the couch without any trouble or any risk of our. Like thighs bumping or something, you know. Like, look, the seating chart <laughs> on the on the website places a, a heart around the seat numbers for that for those seats. So, n- no, no, yeah. that's, that's not happening. <laughs> you, you just don't want the movie theater to be, the employees to get the wrong idea. Is is, is what you're saying? <laughs> and I see that you purchased the newlywed seats. Congratulations. <laughs> Like the the seats I kind of <laughs> wanted were in the back. There's a there's a, a, a table slash bar right in front, which would have made yeah. eating easier. Because I have to say that the menu is is also a little bit fancier than you'd expect a movie theater to offer, and you don't necessarily want to be eating fancy food in the dark when yeah, you're watching a movie. It, it was definitely like a restaurant style menu where it would have really helped to uh, like have a little sort of. Pen light, like sort of <laughs> hovering above your. Yeah. Do they have? Do they have like those trays that sit in the drink holder of the chair or something like that? No, the, the chairs don't have drink holders. I set mine on the floor when, yeah. I, when I was done. Oh, interesting. Uh, anyway, the theater. Um, yeah, the uh, so, but you could you could go back there without purchasing movie tickets and just eat in their restaurant or eat at their bar or drink at their bar. Um, but the true reason that I brought it up was just to sort of mention uh, the theater, number one. It, actually, the theater, aside from the inconvenience of eating uh, without a flat surface uh, and having nowhere to really put your drink, uh, the theater was well-appointed. It was uh, a nice screen, a nice size screen. The sound was pretty good. The seats were comfortable. Uh, you know, the... Like I said, the inconvenience of the eating situation was of our own doing. We we could have, you know, purchased seats that had some people had little tables next to their seats, or or just foregone the eating altogether. But um, it it was a nice theater. I, I I think I would like to see another movie there. 
That sounds like a that sounds like a good spot for Avengers Endgame. Possibly, I've got my own thoughts on <clears throat> the theater I'd like to go to. My personal preference is for a different theater. The closest one is up in Vancouver, Cinetopia. Yeah, that's a good. Wait, theater wait, wait, too. wait, wait. Let me get this straight, Jamie. You're you're putting additional thought into which exact movie theater it is, and you you'd like to kind of mull things over a little bit and maybe do some comparisons, pull out a couple flow charts, something like that. You're not ready to just jump into something right now? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm going to go see the movie in Cinetopia. Oh, oh. If you want to see it with me, then that's what you have to do as well. Cinetopia is a good theater. It is. Are you talking about the the Vancouver Mall one? or Yes. Oh, okay, yeah. And I'm guessing the movie parlor. Oh, yeah. Their parlor is very similar to the Studio One Theater, but I'd give the edge to the Cinetopia's Parlor Theater just in terms of I find it found it a little bit, just a little bit a higher quality overall. Yeah. But either one would be more opulent than your standard theater by far. So are we doing it 3D? Nope. Don't care for 3D movies that much. What if that's the only one that's available in the parlor? It won't be. Oh, okay. They wouldn't, they wouldn't waste the parlor th- uh, seating for a 3D movie. They'd put that in one of the bigger theaters. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. And I have no in- interest in seeing a movie in 3D. I, I, you know, I tried that once or twice. It's very gimmicky. I'm not interested. They haven't gotten it right yet. I don't know what right would, would, would be. I just, I'm not interested. I've seen a couple movies that I think did it pretty well, and that's where it's a matter of depth perception. It's not something where, like, in the 80s, like with uh, with um, Jaws 3 or Jaws 3D, where, you know, the big gimmick is that, you know, you have the hand bitten off and it comes flying at your face or something like that. Well, that's just it. When a movie was made for 3D, there's these scenes that are just obviously meant to take advantage of 3D where... A character will like reach out into the audience, yeah, or or, or some water will splash, or I don't know, just some some stuff that's definitely made just to. It's just it's just so gimmicky. I just don't like it. The the ones that I like are the ones that don't do that, where it's, all it is is just a matter of adding some depth perception to what you're looking at. I just don't feel it adds anything of importance to the movie viewing experience. Not yeah. en- not enough to pay extra for it. Yeah, I I never really cared whether the movie is 3D or not, so I never saw a reason to... A big screen and some nice sound, it. and that's it. Well, and, and some comfy seats. And, yeah, and, 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 and a beer, maybe. The seating, uh, I, I have to say, the quality of the screen uh, and sound is, of course, a paramount to the experience, and then the, the quality of the seating, the comfort of the seating, is number either number 1A or number 2. And then number those, one, number those one. The, those are the only things that matter. And then number one B is the is the quality of the drink. Yeah, I mean, I could take it or leave it. I mean, that's not going to change my enjoyment of the movie. It's just going to add a layer. Well, I'll tell you what, when it comes to just seeing a movie just casually, where I'm not necessarily all that interested in w- whether the screen is the biggest screen possible or 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 the environment. But anyway. The, the my go-to theater for for just uh, any movie is the Power Station Theater over at Edgefield that we were talking about earlier, and the reason for that is it's it's close to where we live, 
the tickets are actually less than you than they cost at the um, the big chain theaters nearby. Yep. Uh, you can get food, food. You can get beer. Yeah. And if um, if you book early enough, you get uh, the balcony seating. So you know the screen's right at eye level. Just it's perfect. Um, the only I mean the, the only downside is it's it's built in an old power station, so the acoustics aren't ideal. Right. I don't think it has like full air conditioning, so on a hot day, maybe it's not ideal. Right. It's true. But for most most of the time, I go see a movie there. But for a movie like Avengers Endgame that I've been waiting eleven years for, uh, I want the, the the nicest, most deluxe movie going experience I can manage. This 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 is the mo- this is a movie worth splurging on. Yes, I agree. Uh, so that's that's what will happen. Sounds like we're going to Cinetopia. Well, that's my vote. <laughs> Are you wafting the uh, the fragrance? I was uh, trying to uh, <laughs> emote to uh, the other people in the room that uh, is wrapping up time. I, w- I was moving my microphone away from my mouth for a specific reason. <laughs> How's that whiskey sitting? Oh, it's fine. Uh, something I ate earlier uh, was making its way uh, through the uh, system. Through the tract? Yeah. <laughs> we have to get this uh, sort of thing down where uh, the little nonverbal uh, messages are more we have, uh, we have to get the key, e- each other's cues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, I mean, option one would have been just to not remove the microphone and uh, alert us to the, the presence of your, uh, the, the, of the condition of your tract, just the, the, <laughs> the old-fashioned way. I thought we were, uh, I thought we were, you know... Uh, Trying to go for the more polite. Right, the uh, <laughs> uh, work on some level, some modicum of professionalism. <laughs> oh, oh, right, yes. Wait, right. what? Right, this is a professional podcast. Oh. oh. Didn't we tell you? Oh. No, no, it's some... <laughs> why, mo- why, why am I here, then? <laughs> no, it, it's the... Uh, it's, huh. <laughs> it's the, uh, the epitome or the definition of the phrase some modicum which just means the like the barest <laughs> the bare thread of <laughs> professionalism. Yeah, I can I, I, I can stand by that. I'm, I'm sure there's some professionalism around here somewhere, and however much there is, is enough. I might have some left in my pocket. Is that where you keep your professionalism? I don't know. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Uh, I was. <laughs> I my mind was racing for a joke, and I was like, yeah, I, I don't, "Is that your professionalism in your pocket? Or <laughs> are, are you just happy to see me?" To see me? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to find out. <laughs> I have no desire to find out. <laughs> anyway, uh, anything else uh, interesting uh, going on right now? Uh, I could. Um, I could wrap it up, or I could tell you about my. Uh, my Tuesday. Oh yeah, you, sh- you should do that. How's uh, how's the the transition to the uh, big four zero? Well, it uh, interestingly enough uh, started out pretty slow. I'd planned on uh, because we had some plans during the day. I'd planned on doing a bunch of uh, getting up at about four a.m. and doing a bunch of Uber in the morning because there was a lot of uh, a lot of bonuses and. Uh, 
expected high volume uh, on Tuesday morning. But I, uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, I guess it's just the old snooze button. I hit the, <laughs> hit the snooze button about six times. You slept times. in on your birthday of all days? And, uh, yeah, just stuck around the house, waited for the kids to go to school. Uh, and eventually, uh, boy, we made a lot of stops. I was ready to hit the road and just take off, but uh, we had to stop at Starbucks. Uh, we tried going by... Dutch Bros, but there was too long of a line. I was impatient enough that I was actually ordering the Starbucks from the Starbucks app while I was driving to the Starbucks. Um, that sounds that sounds perfectly normal. Yeah, pretty easy. What you mean is that you were you did it and then you drove right to the Starbucks. Well, no, I mean what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can't retroactively uh, get in trouble for uh, activating an app while you're driving. Um, Anyway, so uh, yeah, decently uh, decent length drive, probably forty-five minute drive to Kalama Harbor, which is in uh, Southwest Washington. About well, like I said, about forty-five minutes from Portland. The uh, McMinimins location there, which is a recently opened location, is one of the few that they have built, uh, purpose built from the ground up. Usually, McMinimins is known for. Uh, acquiring, rehabbing, renovating very old and unique structures and uh, preserving their historic sort of character. This one, uh, they built a new structure to mimic a historic structure, including all of the historic character. Um, So they've just sort of incorporated local uh, um, sort of... uh, it's on the Columbia River, so they've sort of incorporated some maritime uh, elements, uh, some local uh, Native American kind of elements, and it's, uh, I, w- I wouldn't call it tiki-themed, but apparently the Kalama area was settled by a Hawaiian businessman. I, uh, I should know, I should have done a little more research on this, but um, so uh, in in that sense, uh the Kalama Harbor McMinimins, all the restaurants and bars incorporate a bit of like a Hawaiian sort of uh, element. Um, there's the picture of the McMinimins. It's about a, uh, it's like a four-story hotel. Uh, it has a bar on the top floor called the Cloud Bar. Um, uh, ground floor bar and lounge. Very cozy and intimate uh, uh, lounge. They've uh, got some totem poles outside, uh, building a. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't do the. Uh, the did you guys see the those frogs? Do you guys see those frogs running through here just a minute ago? <laughs> I didn't do the motion that time. <laughs> mid sentence. <laughs> but uh, they've got. They were actually working on the amphitheater when we were there. Uh, it's uh, looks like a nice place to see a concert right, right next to the river. There's a river walk. Uh, you actually. Uh, Another frog. You actually go past. <laughs> Good you Lord. actually take the river. You actually can take the river walk. Uh, pa- the river walk goes past the, like the municipal park, uh, sort of part of the the waterfront, and then all the way. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> all the way at the other end, of, uh, a half mile down the, the path. They've got a they've got a cabin <laughs> half mile down the path. 
It's not. There's the cabin right there. It's not that funny. We uh, we visited their secret rooms, uh, had some lunch, and uh, oh, and then uh, and then went to the casino. Which casino? A and A. Yes. Located in Ridgefield, Washington. I had actually uh, surprisingly a fair amount of casino bucks uh, to spend. I had about fifteen dollars in slot credit. And uh, twenty dollars in dining credit, so we got a huge, like, very big, essentially a giant frying pan full of s'mores at uh, Tom's Urban. Tom's Urban, yeah. Tom's Urban's a one of the restaurants in the casino. And uh, played a little slots. I lost, of course. Uh, Laura won, which is fine. And uh, then we came home. So did you guys? Like, kind of break even, or how'd you do? Uh, it turns out, so if you uh, count how much I lost and then offset it with how much Laura won and then what we what we owed after uh, using my casino credits uh, for a couple of drinks and a giant frying pan full of uh, s'mores, uh, it looks like we came out, like, dead nuts even. That's a win, yeah. <laughs> honestly. Yeah, that's a win. Happy birthday. Yeah, and uh, Alan A. It's it's a nice. Uh, it's uh, other than the fact that it's like essentially a perfectly square room full of like two thousand slot machines and gaming tables. Um, it's a nice casino. I mean the 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 finishes are nice. The sound and. Uh, Quality of uh, everything you look at is nice. The restaurants are decent uh, to nice, and uh, I mean it has it has a, a very. It doesn't really have a Indian casino feel. It has a, a Vegas style feel. So I'm just curious. We're looking at uh, we're we're on the website for the Alani Casino. It's cycling through various photos of people yeah, enjoying themselves seeing, and having fun. I keep seeing a Steven Spielberg uh, lookalike. Are, did you have as much fun as it's a picker? The, as yeah, this as here. this guy right there. No, no, not <laughs> even close. Well, that guy's playing crap, so it was impossible for me to have that much fun uh, because I was playing slots, and I usually like to play blackjack, which I, I can have pretty. I can almost have that much fun playing blackjack. But I try to remain stoic uh, as to not uh, betray my. Uh, uh, I don't want the uh, casino or the other patrons to uh, sort of get into my emotional state. Did you did you wear a rolled up button up shirt with a vest? No, although in the past I have. I, I had a full. I used to have a full wardrobe of uh, what I would call casino clothes. Uh, um, it was uh it would in, it would include usually designer jeans uh fancy fancier fancier shoes uh i had two pairs of shoes i would sometimes wear to the casino one was a oh i wish i could remember uh it was basically a knockoff of christian louboutin uh uh shoes like these very like leathery nice leather brown shoes it was like a very long, pointy, like toe, like okay. almost with like the square toe, but yeah. like the really pointy and up curve. <clears throat> almost looked like you're like a like a jester or something. <laughs> like where, uh, so the designer jeans, the fancy shoes, 
And then the shirt would be a uh, the style of shirt you would see uh, like oh I don't know what they call it like the English Laundry or the French like the the brand of the shirt was like the or the French Laundry or something. That's a that's the name of a fancy uh, actually like Napa Valley restaurant. But there's a clothing line also and. The shirts, they have a lot of, like, elements of design in the shirts, like st- fancy stitching and little, like, patterns that are stitched in hmm. and uh, and big, big pointy collars, um, big contrasting design, like the cuffs, the inside of the cuffs would have yeah. these, like, heavy designs in them. And uh, Now, is that, to ki- is that to kind of give an impression of... Uh, big roller or sort of so it's sort of like what that really happy guy is there but rewind it like re- step it up like five levels of douchey like uh, <laughs> um, uh, so, so even bigger collar and yeah, uh, w- way more de- like design in the shirt like uh, and uh, then I would also sometimes wear a uh, uh, what do you call it a vest that had pinstriping and okay. uh in pockets that didn't, uh, they were stitched closed. So it was it was, it was purposely meant to be kind of fashion, yeah. fashion, oh, my fashionista. Gosh. Uh, it, it, at the time, yeah, uh, the sunglasses I wore inside uh, the casino were even more ridiculous. Now, uh, did you wear them over your eyes, or did you have them oh, up on the? No, over my eyes. Uh, Dolce and Gabbana uh, sunglasses with uh, stainless steel. Uh, um, Mirror like the whole like the visor front yeah yeah with the mirror finish and the stainless steel like sides with the Dolce and Gabbana spelled out in like script like the the sides were spelled out Dolce and Gabbana like not like a just a thing that goes over your ear man do you it was a it was a it was a douchey uh, time. <laughs> and a douchey look. I I think back to some of the stuff that I wore, and it's kind of the same thing where you were going for you were going for a look at the time. It felt it felt good uh, doing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I believe the term is called peacocking. <laughs> yeah, that's. I uh, mean, you, you uh, don't wear that sort of thing if you're not trying to get a you know technically everybody clear. to look at you. Yeah. Right. Well, on that note, (laughs) uh, I think we've covered most of the events this past week. Wrapping up point. Yeah. (laughs) So, oh, as as we are. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I I just found the uh, website for the uh, fashion brand, the English Laundry. Oh, there you go. And they, uh, where are the uh, apparel, Uh, blazer, dress shirts? There we go. Sport. I wonder if it's dress shirts or sport shirts. I'm I'm picturing the puffy shirt from that Seinfeld episode. Is that right? <laughs> the the pirate um, shirt. Kinda like <laughs> here's a. Uh, well, you guys can't see this, but uh, um, sports shirts are. Our imagination about, is running pretty wild. Yeah. Apparel uh, dress shirts. Wonder what the difference is. Dress shirts are probably more formal. Yeah. There's a. This is a pretty good. Here, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this this is great content for an audio <laughs> podcast. Um, a little too dressy. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll play us out. I have something I want to play us out on. Okay. Oh, good. So, on my phone. I don't know if you need to... 
Uh, work any audio magic there. This will work in theory. Okay. Is it playing yet? Nope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. And with that, we bid you good night. And we'll see you next week. Good night. Good night, all. Stay classy. <laughs>